Dionisio at the plate, he's over to today. Swakowski, the big right hander, lets it go. It's right down Broadway. Dionisio lets it fly, and it's. Oh, it's raining now. Welcome to another episode of Rain Delay Theater, the podcast where two bums talk about other bums at baseball games. I'm Jack Swakowski. And I'm Jeremy Dionisio. Uh, today, we're going to play a very fun game. Uh, it's going to be called Guess That Teammate. So we're going to name, uh, we're going to name a guy, and then we're going to give, uh, we're going to give uh, Jeremy or Jack or you know, the other player hints and say, like, this, this guy was on this team, and, you know, give him hints and say, uh, try to guess which teammate they were talking about. It's going to be kind of like a game show, you know, Jeremy, like 20 questions or something like that? Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, hopefully, you know, maybe like three to five questions, maybe, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, um, won't, we won't drag it out. For sure. And, like, I was going to say, like, you know, this was inspired by, um, so the Cubs just uh, completed a uh, series w- victory against the Washington Nationals, um, and uh, kind of inspired by... Uh, the fact that Sarlin Castro was on the Nationals and, um, you know, it's kind of crazy to think like, um, you know, what, what, like, you know, that he was on the Cubs and like, which of the current Cubs were teammates with Sarlin Castro. So that, that kind of got us thinking about, about, you know, these overlaps. And so that's what, uh, we turned the game into here. Yeah, uh, and Starlin Castro, interesting player, impossibly young when he came up with the Cubs. Uh, and he's only this is his age thirty-one season, so it seems like he should be a lot older than that. But he's he's probably still got some quite a bit left in the tank. Um, Jeremy, it is episode number one twenty, so we uh, are one year away from being in real time. So we're gonna have a we're gonna have a different fun game to play at the beginning of each episode uh, for this. But we'll get to that when it's uh, when it happens. But for right now, we need a twenty twenty debut. So Jeremy, who who is your uh, pick to who debuted in the messed up twenty twenty season? <laughs> yeah, and there was a lot too. Um, uh, my my guy Jack is uh, Sam Huff. Okay, Sam Huff. All right. Yeah. Do you know Sam Huff, Jack? Uh, mm. n- no. How do you spell it? Uh, just Sam H-U-F-F. Uh, it's, so um, it's not it's not like Charlie? It's Sam Huff? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like huffing, uh, you know, rubber cement or something. You, like, um, or you, you left uh, in a huff? Okay. Yeah, sure. Uh, um, <laughs> so, so, yeah, Charlie, or, I mean, yeah, not, you got me thinking Charlie Huff now. Sam Huff, uh, <laughs> also on the Rangers. Uh, Charlie Huff, like, spent many years on the Rangers. Um, but Sam Huff is a catching prospect for the the Rangers. Uh, big guy, six foot five, two hundred forty pounds. Um, he's uh, twenty three years old. Um, he, uh, I always get, the, I always forget which one he, he won. Like the the MVP of the Futures game, I want to say in maybe like twenty nineteen or something. Um, he's just a, he's like a power hitting um, uh, catching prospect, uh, and. Um, so yeah, so obviously that um, yeah in 2019 he won the the futures game MVP. He hit like a at least one homer, if not two, I can't remember. But uh, you know he put on a display there, and he was actually kind of like a lesser known prospect in that game. Um, and uh, yeah, so so hit an impressive homer. Been kind of following him since then. Um, and yeah, he debuted last year. If you look at his, he's another guy. I've been picking a lot of these like you know power hitting guys. Um, but uh, if you look at his minor league numbers, um, pretty good, pretty good power numbers, especially for a catcher. Um, in 2019, he hit uh, 28 homers uh, over two levels, uh, A ball and, and high A, uh, tw- 278 batting average. Um, 
18 homers the year before that in uh, a ball. So um, yeah, seems like a guy who could have some power. Um, he, uh, he hit three homers last year in 10 games uh, and hit 355 for the Rangers. So that's pretty promising. Um, he's uh, hasn't played this year because he's out with an injury. Um, but uh, I expect him to be up in the majors uh, at some point this year for, for Texas. And maybe he'll, he'll uh, help them stop getting no hit. <laughs> uh, Jeremy, um, one thing I, that's kind of interesting about this guy is it really seems like he unlocked his power as his minor league career went on. Um, you know, in rookie ball, he only had one home run in 97 at bats. Um, you know, 2017, he had nine homers and 197 at bats, and then it just kept going up. He doubled that total in 2018. Um, he had 18 homers, mm-hmm. and then, yeah, he had 28 homers in 2019. Um, and then three in 10 games in, in the shortened season. Uh, and he had 355, too. I mean, obviously, a small sample size. He was 11 for 31. Um, but, yeah, he got a hit in, in one-third of his at-bats. So he seems like a pretty exciting guy. Big catchers are kind of weird. A, a six-foot-five catcher, uh, you know, most yeah. catchers you kind of associate being pretty stocky, like, you know, at most six-foot or six-foot-one. I mean, I think that's even what, like, Buster Posey is. So uh, so to, to have a guy that big, that's that's interesting. Yeah, totally. Um, well, yeah, that's cool. We'll have to, we'll have to keep an eye on, on Sam Huff then. Um, you know, Jeremy, the, my, my guy was, uh, uh, pretty obvious, uh, for both of us, but he was a guy that we actually saw in the minor leagues. Um, so I wanted to pick him just, to, just so everybody could have a reminder. Um, it was Jonathan Arouse. Oh, <laughs> oh, well, Jack, that's not the guy who I picked or that's not the guy who I thought you picked. Really? Well, who did, yeah. who did you think, who did you think I picked? Jazz Chisholm. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, so I would say Jazz Chisholm <laughs> is definitely like the more exciting choice out of those two guys. Uh, gonna, yeah. I mean, I feel like you almost, I, I, I feel like this is like a trick because, okay. So listeners beforehand, we, um, we don't, again, we don't tell each other who we're going to pick, but we, you know, with, with pickings getting kind of slim, uh, we, we, we've started to do like, you know, what letter does your guy's name begin with? And you said J. And so I thought that I thought it was clear that it was Jazz Chisholm. Now I feel like this is like a dupe on Jeremy. Um, so, uh, but yeah, definitely. Let's let's talk about uh, Jonathan Arauz. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, uh, so I, I was pretty shocked that he, um, you know, that he was on a big league roster last year because he didn't. Um, you know, we saw him and we, we kind of you kind of told me that like he was a guy when we saw him in Beloit back in 2018 in Low A that who was maybe gonna kind of be somebody someday. But I certainly didn't expect to see him on a a major league roster two years later uh, with Boston. Um, I think Boston picked him up as a rule five guy. And I think that was why he spent a lot of time uh, in the big yeah. leagues last year. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, we, we saw him in Beloit. We got his autograph, uh, you know, the, the way that the Beloit stadium is laid out, you can kind of just intercept players as they're walking from the, uh, the locker room to the field. And that's, you know, that's, that's what we did. Actually, I think in the case of Jonathan Arouse, um, we were waiting like under the bleachers or something. I yeah. don't know if that's because it was raining or if because we or if we were being creeps. I can't I can't remember what it was. <laughs> oh, that's right. It did rain. That's right. It rained like 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 for a long time at the start of that game. Yeah, it did. I forgot about that. Um, his, his big li- so he yeah he's an infielder. Um, he's actually appeared in in four games this year. So it seems like he's uh you know he's he's definitely in the conversation for being in the major league roster. Um, uh, he, he's, uh, his career average, uh, in, in 80 plate, 90 plate appearances is 250. He's got one home run. He's got 10 RBIs. Um, but he's only 22 years old. So I don't know if this guy's going to end up having a good career to me. He kind of profiles as just a, a, a backup 
utility infielder type of guy. But, uh, hey, that's not bad work if you can get it because it's, it's still the major leagues. Yeah, sure. And if you can stick around with uh, with Boston, not bad either. Um, yeah, it's actually funny, Jack. I was watching, just randomly watching. Um, <clears throat> well, I'll, I'll, I'll say that I made a live in-game bet um, <laughs> on the end of the uh, Angels-Red Sox game uh, on, on Sunday. And uh, Mike Myers, um, who was immortalized by the uh, the informed interloper, in the White Sox Cardinals game from a couple years ago, um, uh, he was um, he was closing out the game for the Angels, and he was facing Jonathan Aruz. And uh, I I basically bet that the um, I believe that I bet like that the Angels would win. I, I bet the money line, and uh, they had a guy at first base, and they were threatening. And um, you know, it was all Mike Myers had to do was just blow the game uh, to cost me f- five bucks. Um, but he he I think he struck out Jonathan Aruz. Um, and, uh, that was maybe the first time I saw him, uh, actually like in game action, like on TV. So, um, so yeah, it is kind of interesting that he made it, uh, to the majors and yeah, stuck with the team last year. And, uh, yeah, I guess no one really talked about it, but like, you know, so like for a rule five guy that the, the player has to be on the, the active roster for the whole season. Is that correct, Jack? Uh, yeah, like, uh, I, I believe so. Um, that's why so many of them don't make it. Um, and I, th- I think for a certain portion right. of it, and well, I, I think they can, can they put them on the DL, you know, quote unquote, um, like I, put them yeah, on the DL. I think so. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah I, I think so. Would And, but I was just thinking like for the 2020 season, um, it probably would have been a good season to, to, to try to, you know, keep a guy on, on, from a rule five because you didn't have to keep him on the roster that long, I guess. I, true. They, and yeah. an especially good season for the Red Sox to do it as well. Because yeah. that was uh, 2020 was just a, a lost season for them, managed by Ron Renneke, of all people. Um, <laughs> yeah, I had forgotten, Jeremy. I had forgotten about the informed interloper when uh, Mike Mike uh, Myers came in. And he's like, oh, is this Myers? Like, Yeah, he's dude. like, oh is, oh, is Myers warming up? And it's uh, like, what are you talking about? Like, you know who this guy is? Like, come on. <laughs> Stop pretending like you know him. Yeah, it's it's getting embarrassing how exciting excited excited you are about every player. Yes. Um, <laughs> he he was the he was the original uniformed Jeremy. He had the I think he had the yep. uh, the Oakland A's hat and the Gyro Munoz jersey. Yep, that's right. And so in his mind, I think he was just repping Gyro Munoz for some <laughs> unfucking known reason. But but yeah, uh, but yeah. So anyway, so yeah, Jonathan Arus. Yeah, so that's yeah, that's a good one. Nice, nice, Jeremy. Okay, so uh, well, real well, let's quick, get Jack, it. Yeah, I want to talk. I, I just want to say something about Jazz Chisholm now. Since oh, sure, yeah, since I, go I ahead. Robbed, I was robbed of my chance to talk about Jazz Chisholm a little bit, but like Jazz Chisholm, I think this kid might be the real goddamn deal. Like, I think he's gonna be. He just came off a stint on the DL, and listen, he's played twenty four games. He played 24, 21 games last year, but through twenty four games, he's got five homers. Eight steals, which is leading the league, or at least tied for the league league lead, and he's hitting three hundred one. I mean, this if this guy if this fucking guy wasn't playing in in Miami, I feel like the league would be talking about him. And to quote David Ross, rightfully so. Uh-huh. Um, you know, like people are fucking you know can't like can't keep their tongues in their mouth when they were talking about Acuna and like these other and uh, and Soto and these other guys. But it's like I feel like Jazz Chisholm should deserves some talk. Like around the league, I mean, listen, he struck out a lot. I think maybe that's maybe a concern. Uh, a lot of K's through uh, through uh, ninety four plate appearances, but like, I don't know. I'm excited to keep watching this guy uh, play. 
Well, Jeremy, I mean, yeah, a lot of strikeouts, but he's also hitting 301, which is right. which is pretty good. Uh, yeah, I, I saw him on TV a couple weeks ago. It was actually, I think it was the game he got injured. Um, but, uh, you know, I, he played the first couple innings, and when he bats and when he runs the bases, he does it with a swagger. Like, yeah. the, guy, the guy knows that he's good, which is fun. Um, and I think we baseball needs a star that steals bases. I, I know Acuna yeah. does it. I know he uh, had 40, or he almost had 40 uh, a couple years ago. But, uh, you know, they've been saying for years that they need to get running back in the game. And I think Jazz Chisholm could do it because the dude is fast. It's, it's, yeah. uh, he's, he's every bit as fast as Billy Hamilton from what I saw. So the guy's, yeah. the guy's got, he's got a lot of tools. I remember that game we saw him. I think he made three errors, didn't he? <laughs> I think, yeah, yeah. We did not see him. We did not see him have a great performance, which I think, you know, kind of, um, you know, maybe marred our impression of him because he was, he was a highly, was he, was he the D-backs number one prospect heading into that game? He, maybe not number, maybe not number one, but he was up there for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, it was it's cool that we kind of got to see him before uh, before anybody really knew. But but yeah, Jazz Chisholm, I'm I'm glad, uh, Jeremy. I, I wasn't really because because he plays in Miami. I wasn't aware that he was uh, off the uh, IL. So it's it's good it's good that he's back and yeah. um, you know putting up good numbers. That. Yeah, I I'll say that um, I'll, the fact that that people are not aware of him, including you know one <laughs> one of the co-hosts of this this very podcast. <laughs> I use that to my advantage to pick up his uh, like true his like Bowman first autograph rookie like a uh, prospect card uh, this offseason for a pretty good price. And now it's like, sheesh, I feel like it's three, four times what I paid for it just a couple months ago. So pretty. Wow, OK, that. well, yeah, if he, if he plays enough and he, he wins rookie of the year, Jeremy, you could you can you know, you could really flip that thing. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so. um so let's let's get into the Larusa stuff because that was big news and it, it just happened. Yeah. Um, yeah. It. So I want to I want to say my favorite quote. So this is from an a, uh, article in the Athletic. Um, but you know we've all heard the a lot of the quotes. Uh, you know Tony Larusa. You know bas- throwing Mercedes under the bus and then actually Lance Lynn coming to uh, Mercedes's defense. And then Larusa saying, like, I don't care what Lance Lynn says. He has a locker. I, I have an office. So not only is Tony Larusa, um, you know, aggravating the younger players on the team, he's also going after veterans. So at this point, if he hasn't lost the clubhouse uh, yet, I don't know what more it's going to take. But my favorite thing, my favorite quote from the whole thing is a, a quote from Yermin Mercedes himself. He said, after the game, I saw Ostadio <laughs> talking with me, like saying something bad. But I look forward. Just keep staying with my teammates. Celebrate the win yesterday. We're good. We continue doing your mean. We continue to be focused and the past is the past. I th- I love the quote, <laughs> we're good. We continue doing your mean. Like, you know, your mean has just become its own thing now. It's bigger than him. Yeah. I mean, um, uh, it, yeah, it's, he's really leaning into the, this third person thing. Like, um, <laughs> I, I, Jeremy, I was thinking today, I, I think that the world of sports specifically baseball is ready for another player who refers to themselves in the third person. I don't think there's been anybody who's done it since Ricky Henderson, maybe not before or since. So I, I think, I think we're ready for it. And I think you're mean could be the guy to do it. Uh, I would be totally happy with that. Um, um, yeah, yeah, I love it. I, you know, I'm your mean. I gotta be your mean. If he's like, if he was basically saying like, if I stop being your mean, if I stop being myself, then 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 I'm nothing. Then no one wants to talk to me or something like that. Yeah, yeah, it's really funny. Um, yeah, okay, man. I don't I don't know where to begin. Um, I mean, like, 
I don't I have my like thesis statement um uh you know ready but like uh maybe I want to work up to that but it's just like you know I just think like at this point like I feel like so many pundits have kind of weighed in on it and uh you know I I think it's one of those things with two words like I feel like Jack since we started doing this podcast I've stopped listening a little bit to like a little bit of MLB network and and sports radio just because I you know I want to have my own take on things without um uh having it filtered through someone else and if anything, I like to at least maybe come uh, reach my own conclusion and then maybe listen to other people. Um, so I was glad to like, you know, my initial like reaction to all of this was just like, you know, it's a position player. Like you, like it's not like it's already number one. They're already making like a mockery of the game. Um, they're conceding the game. Um, it's just, you know, they're, they're taking all the credibility out of it. Like, so that's one thing. Um, I heard and so like you know I'm 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 it was good to hear that other people like baseball pundits were saying the same thing. Um they were talking about it on the Cubs game and and that's what Jim Deshay said and um John Shambi even challenged that a little more and saying like you know like I'm not even sure if I agree with it if it's um even if it wasn't a position player uh saying that you know he should have been swinging. So and I I I'm on that page as well but like the other thing is like it's fucking your mean Mercedes and like this is another this is what like I think Frank Thomas said where it's like he it's not like it's like Jose Abreu or like um you know Anthony Rizzo like a made man like your mean Mercedes even though he's like talking about himself in the third person already and he's he you know he got off to that historic start he's still a fringe guy who like has battled for years to make it to the major leagues so like yeah the guy the guy should be trying to get whatever he can get so those those two points like i kind of reached on my own and i was glad that uh you know it was defended by by some other uh you know intelligent baseball guys yeah you know jeremy i was uh i i agree with that um you know because he's eventually gonna have arbitration cases if he's able to even stick around that much so um, I'm sure this guy's relishing every second he's in the big leagues right now. He was he was in the minor leagues for ten years. He grinded away, um, and, and now he's here. And he should be and he's living his best baseball life. So yeah. you know, kudos to him. I was watching the game. Uh, so it was it was the night after. It was the night that Mercedes got thrown at by Duffy. But um, Mercedes came up uh, in the ninth to face the Twins closer uh, Rogers, um, oh, and. Yeah. Um, you know, it made me realize, Jeremy, that baseball is a, it's, it's a game of moments. And uh, it was a great moment because you knew Mercedes. He had just been thrown at a couple of innings earlier. You knew he wanted to hit a home run. Um, and so you were just sitting on the edge of your seat. The game was tied up, and you really wanted him to do it. Uh, he, he didn't do it, but his, the first two swings he took, uh, the, the strikes, he fouled them off. But uh, he took mighty cuts at it. But then he got down to two strikes. He fouled off a really tough slider that was like, you know, a foot in front of the plate, but he fouled it off. He swung at it. He committed to swinging at it, and he fouled it off. And then he got another really tough pitch that was like down and away, but he swung at it, uh, and he just, he stuck his bat out, and he just, uh, you know, he, he hit it into right field, and he got a base hit uh, with, with the game tied in the ninth inning. So that's the kind of hitter your, uh, your mean Mercedes is. Like, that was a really, I mean, Steve Stone said it. It sounds like a cliche because you hear it so much, and I, you especially hear it from Alex Rodriguez a lot, but he said it was a good piece of hitting. Um, but, uh, but it was. It was a really good piece of hitting. And, and this is the guy that Tony La Russa is trying to, trying to ruin. Yeah. Like, what, if, what if your mean Mercedes goes on a big slump now? Tony La Russa freaking ruined this guy. Yep. 
Yeah, no, for, for, for sure. And like, you know, I guess, I guess, I guess if your mean is talking about himself in the third person, I don't think we have to worry about his spirit being broken a little bit. So that's good. That's, that's a relief. Um, but like, yeah, no, it's okay. So this is what I'll say about Tony fucking Larusa. Um, why don't you sit your fucking old ass up in a chair upright instead of sitting backwards like a fucking rotting corpse? Open your fucking old ass fucking droopy eyes and fucking act like you're fucking there. Act like you're fucking present, you fucking piece of shit. So like like you're going to fucking talk you're going to fucking throw your own guys under the bus, but you you look like a fucking dying corpse, you fucking asshole. So like sit your fucking ass up. Act like you're fucking awake and there, and then maybe you can try to to speak on what's happening in the game. Because right now, you sound like a fucking guy in his r- fucking rocking chair, like, talking about the game, like, sitting, like, you know, in the middle of nowhere, like, with no one else to listen to you. Like, the, you're fucking, you're, you're fucking done. Like, you, you suck. And, like, uh, I, it's, it's, it's. You know, it's it. We knew that this was gonna happen at some point. My only thing is like Jack. You know, like an over under. I forgot what we said. Like number of times uh, Tony Larusa benches a player for being Latin. <laughs> My only thing is like he didn't bench him. So like that's it, almost a technicality. But I still want to count that as an incident. Um, so I don't know. Uh, you know, we'll have to we'll have to go to the judges on that one. But it's just like it's just fucking annoying. And like, it's, it's one of those things where we knew it was going to happen. So I'm not that surprised, but like the, the way that it's unfolded where he like, he like is, he was like kind of like giving them a free pass for throwing at the guy at his own guy. And then he's like, he's like so committed and so stubborn and so like old and hard headed. He's like, he's like then like going to like throw down with Lance Lynn too. It's like, get a grip, man. Like, the game has passed you by. Like no one wants your kind of baseball anymore. They don't fucking want your kind of. He's like he he's um what is he? he's like I'm just um playing my own game or whatever. And he's like no he's not. He's playing the game of major league baseball. It's like you know what, dude? No one no one's watching your fucking game of baseball anymore. Fucking kids don't watch baseball anymore. And it's because old assholes like you try to dictate the fucking rules. It's like if you want people if you want this game to prosper in the future. It's people like like your mean Mercedes and uh you know uh Fernando Tatis that are gonna get people to watch because otherwise it's fucking boring for for most people and if 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 people stop watching then no one has a fucking job anymore so fucking shut your mouth up go fucking leave just leave the fucking sport you're done the the game has passed you by you were gone for ten years you don't belong here anymore you're not good enough to be managing in the majors you're yeah so fuck him man like. And, and you know that's that's completely not surprising, but like fuck him. Yeah, I, I I agree with everything you said, Jeremy. And I got I got two things, two things to add on and add on to it myself that I I had been thinking about. Number one was during that game that I mentioned right after Mercedes got the big base hit, um, and became the go ahead run. Who should follow him up to the plate? But Adam Eaton. Now Adam yeah. Eaton the night before, after Mercedes went yard against Astudio. Uh, Adam Eaton was there to, you know, we don't know what he said because the camera wasn't there, but, you know, people say it looked like Eaton was ber- basically berating Mercedes for, for what he'd done, you know, giving him an earful, probably being like, oh, you realize what you did, right? They're going to try to hit us now. Um, so, yeah, Adam Eaton, you know, uh, Tony LaRusso's chief lieutenant, probably the reason Adam Eaton was signed. Well, Adam Eaton followed your main Mercedes up, um, uh, you know, the, he was the, the next guy up. And what did he do? He fucking struck out. You know, your main Mercedes gets a big hit, 
and then Adam Eaton fucking strikes out. And hey, to quote Alec Baldwin from Glengarry Glen Ross, it's like that's that's who you mean your mean Mercedes is, and that's who you are. Like you're just you're fucking nothing, dude. You suck too. Um, so yeah, I so there was that. Um, but there was also it made me think of just a couple weeks ago we had Freddie Freeman versus uh, uh, yeah. Anthony Rizzo, right? Yeah. And so Anthony Rizzo was the pitcher and Freeman was the batter. And this is two guys who are just having fun. Like they, yeah. you know, Freeman tried to. There, there was one pitch where Rizzo totally left it up, and Freeman tried to hit it out of the park. He fouled yeah. it off, but then they kind of looked at each other, like you know, Freeman was like, "Oh, you got away with one," and Rizzo like was laughing about it, like he knew he got away with it. And then when Rizzo struck Freeman out, like they both laughed about it. They were both having fun. Yeah. Like this yeah. is just two guys who both know the game is a farce at this point, and they're just having fun with each other. Um, and so why was this one, why was this incident with Astudio and, and Mercedes so different? I, in my opinion, Astudio was just taking it way too seriously. It's like, dude, yeah. like, you know, you threw a 47 mile per hour pitch. This is ridiculous. So it made, the whole incident has kind of made me like Astudio a little bit less. Yeah, no, I don't get it. Like, yeah, he, he did, he did look mad when he, when he hit the homer and it's like, what, what are we trying to do here? Like, is this his big moment? Is he like, finally, like, he's like, yeah, you know, I, I know I played catcher and DH and third base and stuff. And, uh, you know, but, but I really want my, my spotlight to shine as a pitcher. It's like, what, what, who, like, yeah, that made no sense. Um, you know, either. And like, yeah, I mean, Adam Eaton, it's like, it's like, okay, thank you, good sir. I will strike out for you. So I don't <laughs> embarrass you and embarrass the sanctity of the game of baseball. It's like, Give me a fucking break, man. It's like people just fucking like, like, you know, Astudio is like, if anything, people know know about Astudio because he's like a big guy who plays baseball. And it's like, it's kind of like fun to watch like a big guy play baseball. And it's also one of the cool things about baseball is that a big guy like that can be an effective ball player. But like, yeah, it's like putting him in the game as a pitcher is, is, is a joke. And like, it, 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 it just doesn't make any sense. It's like. If, if he would have struck out, you know, like, that's why I love Freddie Freeman. So I, I gained, you know, if, you, you know, you lost some uh, respect for Ostadio. I gained, I gained so much respect for Freddie Freeman after that, the way he handled that strikeout. Because, like, it was just like, it was just like if you were playing, like, you know, baseball or, like, basketball, like a pickup game with a friend. And he, like, you know, did a head fake and, like, blew past you for a layup or something. And you'd be like, oh, man, you got me, you know. And, like, you know. It, it it was so like like handled the right way, and just everything about this this situation with uh, with Yermin was just absurd. And like, if he would have struck out, uh, if Astudio would have struck out Mercedes, like, you know, maybe Mercedes then would have gotten like mad. He you know theoretically he would have been shown up by like being struck out by a position player. So like, what is what is he supposed to do then? Like, if he strikes out. He's like, you know, a clown. If he hits a homer, he's making a mockery of the game. Like, it's so stupid. Like, and you're just not supposed, you're supposed to just not try anymore. Like, it's, it's dumb. It's like, if, if he hit like a base hit to the outfield, would he run? Would he start like walking up the line so they could, throw, so the right fielder could throw the ball to the first baseman and, and get him out? Like, it's dumb. Yeah, it's like uh, it's like Mark Bubblebath's theory about saves. You know, once you're up three runs, you should stop trying to score so you can get the pitcher <laughs> a save. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, Jeremy. Well, I think uh, to kind of wrap this topic up, I think there's there's one thing we can <coughs> both agree on, and that's that this whole situation was just so White Sox. It was just yeah. of their own doing. 
It, it is insane, Jack. And it, I'll say this, if anything, it made me want to like cheer against the White Sox for the rest of the year. And I mean, you know, you know, maybe I, I, I take a little bit of schadenfreude uh, when I, when I see them like lose sometimes as a Cubs fan, but like, I, it, it would, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of like, uh, you know, um, polarizing because like, I, I like a lot of guys on the White Sox. I want them to win. I certainly don't want them to lose because of, uh, Tony La Russa, but, but for management's sake, um, and even, I don't know. I mean, I think Rick Hahn, I think like Jerry Reinsdorf, I know he can't like tape like a, a gun to Rick Hahn's back. Like that's always like cocked and loaded. Like, because it just physics wouldn't allow it to stay in place, but maybe he has like maybe he has like dynamite strapped to like Rick Hahn's back or something, and he holds like the detonator because I feel like Rick Hahn has been a hostage in this whole situation. So well, like for Jerry, yeah, for Jerry Reinsdorf's sake, and just you know, I I hope that the White Sox lose, but uh, it would suck for the players who are actually the ones who are in control of what happens. I hadn't thought about it, Jeremy, but Rick Hahn low key was probably a little uh, happy that this happened because it was, it you know, a big, I told you so moment yeah. for him, even if, uh, even if he didn't get to say it to his boss. So it's, it's so weird. So the dynamic is so weird. Cause like the whole thing was, is that they like, they gave Rick Hahn, like, you know, the keys to the car. They let him like rebuild this team. Finally, they took the handcuffs off and then they go ahead. And then at the moment where they're like about to like cash all of it in, they're like you. Your new manager is to, is Tony Larusa, and he's on, he's on knocking on death's door. Um, so like, uh, man, like, I uh, I don't know. It it is so White Sox, and it's it's kind of just funny to watch. It is. It is. Well, Jeremy, let's uh, let's let's transition real before we transition to the Cubs because we have a few Cubs things here about mainly marquee network <laughs> stuff. But uh, but let's talk about Kevin Pillar first. Um, yeah, I know. If, if you didn't see it, uh, yeah, Kevin Pillar got drilled in the face, and it looked painful. I did you see the after Jack? Uh, no, no, I stopped watching right after he got hit. So he has was his face real, like all bloody and stuff. Well, he did a press conference the next day. Why don't you Google that while um, yeah. while we talk? I uh, will. I mean, and listen, I guess this is a tough uh, transition uh, from one from from a Tony Larusa to a Kevin Pillar. Oof. Um, but. Um, yeah, Kevin Pillar's face just got obliterated by a fastball. Um, oh man, I see his face now. Holy crap! Yeah, I mean, he looks like he looks like just his face is destroyed, basically. Um, yes. And uh, I don't know if you saw after when he was getting treated by the by the the um, you know the the trainer, but there was just blood streaming off of his face, like just like a a constant stream of blood coming out of his nose. Um, but um, you know, so I think about that and I think about like, um, obviously it's pretty bad, like to get hit in the face with a fastball. I'm also reminded of the two previous, like notable things of Kevin Pillar where, um, you know, he, he, he's, he's had two pretty bad, like public relations, uh, snafus, I guess. Um, one yes. Yes, calling, he uh, uh, Jason Mott, um, a, uh, homophobic slur, and then uh, the second one involving like Jackie Bradley Jr. and um, you know getting his back in like kind of like a Black Lives Matter sort of thing. And so I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah, I mean Kevin all... Pillar basically said he basically said all lives matter. Yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah, he's he said, do we need to be supporting just Jackie? I don't think so. Which <laughs> is like wow, what a, <laughs> what a great way, what a great teammate. Um, 
Uh, and so, and he obviously is the authority on like race relations, uh, Kevin Pillar, like, you know, he, he's the one to speak on like black, uh, you know, uh, civil rights. Um, but, uh, but, um, but yeah, so I, I don't know. I thought that was all interesting. Um, how that all played out and he, he's, his face is, was destroyed by a, a fastball. Right. Yeah. I mean, Kevin Pillar, uh, borderline, uh, winner of, uh, of the Danny Amendola great guy award, you know, so. <laughs> There you go. Right. Um, yeah, Jeremy, let's uh, let's talk some Cubs stuff, though, real quick before we get yeah. into our topic. So it, it's kind of crazy to me. So, you know, we went to that alternate site game a couple of weeks ago. It's it's crazy how many guys from that game have not, have appeared for the Cubs since then. It's kind of cool. Yes. Yeah, it is. Uh, PJ Higgins, finally, another one of my, like, Jeremy Vendettas has been, like, this horrible wrong has been righted. <laughs> PJ Higgins finally fucking making the Major League team when he should have made it on opening day. I don't understand, like... Why did they why did they screw him over at the last minute, release James Norwood to waivers and lose him to the I think the Pirates, um, just so they could sign Tony Walters and then bring him then like then Romine comes back for like two games and goes on the DL again. Walters comes back and then they just release Wal- they DFA Walters for PJ Higgins. Like why wasn't PJ Higgins on with the team the whole time? Anyway, that's not even what we're supposed to be talking about, but he's <laughs> luckily he's in the league. Uh, he's on the team now. I hope he, um, he hasn't gotten his first hit yet, but uh, hopefully he does unless he got it at the end of the today's game, but I, I don't think he did. Um, but uh, the guy who started the game for the alternate site team, right? Tommy Nance. Yeah, that's right. He made his major league debut. I think it was Monday night. Yeah, uh, one of the one one of those games against the uh, the Nats. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, and then he pit, he he appeared last night as well. Um, did you did you get to see any of it, Jack? I did not see him pitch. I was I was okay. tuning in and out of the game last night while doing uh, doing errands and other stuff. So I didn't I did not see his inning. Did he, Ross said he looked pretty good uh, when he made his debut. Did he look was he yeah. did he look good when you saw him last he, night? He was slinging ninety seven. Um, he got I don't know how many. Let me see if I could find this really quick. He he definitely got several strikeouts. Um, uh, he got four strikeouts in two and a third innings. Um. So, uh, so yeah, pretty, pretty good. He, 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 he looked good. And like, you know, they were talking, they were telling his story, um, uh, you know, on the broadcast and just like, he's a 30 year old, uh, journeyman signed out of, uh, independent ball and finally made his way to the, to the team. Um, I mean, he did start that game, right? I, it's, it's, he did. He pitched one inning and then, uh, Cole Wright, I think it, not Cole, Cole Wright. Cole, uh, Stewart. Yeah. Cole right? Stewart fin- pitched the last five. Um, but he started, Hey, maybe there were more stakes in that game than we realized. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. Cause I, I, I know, right. It's like, I, w- if you would have, if I, if you would have like made me put all my money on which of those two pitchers in that game would have made their debut for the Cubs first, I probably would have said Cole Stewart. Um, <laughs> so, um, so yeah, but it, anyway, it was very cool to see Tommy Nance, uh, pitch and to, to do well. And, um, not only was, were they like praising his story, but you know, he was, they were complimenting his his performance, which was pretty, pretty respectable, especially with, you know, the way the Cubs bullpen has looked uh, at times this year. Um, so that was very cool to see. Um, but Jack, so like I said, he, he appeared in two games in this series against the Nationals. Um, so, the, OK, so the first game he, he pitched one inning, struck out one guy. Uh, second appearance last night, he pitched um, one and a third and struck out three guys. Um, but in the uh, little kind of teaser for the post game, um uh, Cole Wright, the uh, you know post game uh, pre and post game uh, show host for Cubs and Marquee Network, 
you know, we've talked about Cole Wright. This is like the third episode in a row we've talked about Cole Wright. <laughs> um, but now that we have this full season, I feel like we're really going to lay into Cole Wright. Um, <laughs> but he did – this isn't – this is like – this isn't even a Cole Wright-ism in the sense that it's just like the most cliche thing you could possibly say in this scenario. But he just had a completely absurd Cole Wright-ism, uh, Jack. They they were basically saying like he's like all right stay tuned for Cubs post game and he's like you know the Cubs are doing doing this uh, you know Rizzo did that whatever and he's like and Tommy Nance up to his old tricks once again that what? that's what yeah. he- <laughs> once yeah, meaning the two times he's pitched yes yes like I like who like I know that that's a thing that you say about some players but of Tommy Nance the guy who's 30 years old never made it to the majors until now and has only pitched in two games and you're speaking about his second game Tommy Nance up to his old tricks once again it's like what this is what we're talking about with Cole Wright I'm like what what <laughs> Now so, if yeah. if it was something like you know like if he was saying like Sean Rodriguez is up to his old tricks it's <laughs> like he's you know he's beating up a, a water cooler or something yeah. like and, you know, being just a, like a disgusting, uh, you know, reserve Pirate. player, like, yeah. yeah, there you go. Like that would be a guy being up to his old tricks, but, uh, you know, not a guy who's pitched a total of two games in the major leagues. No, it's an absurd, uh, expression for, for that particular scenario. <laughs> um, but that's Cole Wright for you. Um, so I just wanted to, 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 you know, encapsulate, like to, to preserve that one because that, that was, that's verbatim what Cole Wright said. And that's I, good. I, that's I, good. I that my, one. It's going to come yeah. back on the podcast, Jeremy, I think. Yeah, exactly. I grabbed my phone immediately as he said that and typed that down. So, <laughs> um, um, yeah, yeah, I saw uh, uh, Jack Peterson twirling a mustache like an, like a, an old movie villain who just tied a woman to train tracks. Um, yeah. Why, why did, was he doing that? Well, did you actually see a mustache, Jack? That he was? Did you actually see a mustache when he twirled it? No, I, I I didn't think he had a mustache. I only saw like one quick like replay where he did it. Was he? Did yeah. he have a mustache? Yes, he has a mustache, Jack, and it is um, it's like invisible. It's it's there, but like you can't. It's 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 crazy. And listen, I know that Jack Peterson is a jock, and um, he's a steakhead. He's a he's a meathead. He's a meatball. Um, whatever. Um, but it's kind of funny cause he's like also at the same time, he's kind of like a baby face and like, I think he's like, he like wants to be a tough guy, but like, you know, he's the kind of guy who would have like a Craig Kimbrell type beard or something, but he, I don't just don't think he can grow one. And like, I mean this, he has a mustache. You really have to like, like even in HD, like the camera has to s- like sit there still on his face, but he has a, a mustache and it's like clear, it's like clear, like you know, uh, cat whiskers or something like, <laughs> and so he like re- literally does have a mustache and that he was twirling, but like, you can't see it. It's, it's so, it's so kind of bizarre. Uh, but again, it's also very Jack Peterson. So, um, so when you, when you do see, I feel like he's going to keep doing that now. And if, especially cause he's on like a hot streak, he, you know, he might kind of keep that mustache going, um, you know, quote unquote mustache. Um, uh, but, uh, I you know so so take a look for it I guess folks but uh, it's 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 absurd that he's growing this thing it, it's uh, it's so weird. Hey Jeremy, I almost feel kind of sorry for him. These are those are blonde guy problems, dude. You know what I mean? Well, I was gonna say Jack, like I mean, listen, I so you know, uh, yeah, you guys saw like on the Instagram, um, you know, over quarantine, I've been like kind of like letting some facial hair grow out, and it, it's not great. Um, but I'm also like not really going out in public, and certainly when I when I do, I have a mask on, so I'm kind of just like. It's kind of just my wife's problem, really. Um, 
But uh, you know, I was you know, and Jack, you're 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 usually a, a really you're you're a relatively uh, clean shaven guy. So mm-hmm. like, I don't know, like um, I've never seen you like with like, you know, prolonged facial hair. But uh, I don't know. Do, do, well, you, you know, I, I yeah. So if you know, if you're if you're a blonde guy and your facial hair comes in blonde, which mine does, um, it's just it's hard to it's hard to see it until it's like really until you've really grown it out for about like a week, um, you know, two weeks. Uh, my, my, my facial hair looks like shit when I grow it in, if, if I'm, you know, being frank, but also I don't like, I don't like how it feels because it makes my face feel really itchy. Um, uh, so I just, I just don't, I choose not to do it, even though I hate shaving. I, I don't like shaving either, but, uh, yeah, if I, if I tried to grow a mustache, um, even though it comes, it would come in, you'd probably see it about as well as, as Jack Peterson, uh, as Jack Peterson. So I, you know, I understand where he's coming from, but I also I wouldn't be drawing attention to it uh, if I was <laughs> right. if I was growing it. Right. No, but that but that's Jack Peterson for you. So um, we'll <laughs> we'll see how that one uh, progresses over time. But uh, yeah, it's uh, kind of kind of bizarre. Um, maybe there'll Jack, be a top, tops now card. Yeah. What's 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 you, up, Jeremy? Maybe. No. Uh, well, so um, so another thing that was weird. I probably should have ran this one in along with Cole, right? But I yeah. also saw another person say this too. But have you been hearing people refer to Wrigley as like the federal landmark? Uh, no, no, I ha- I haven't. Yeah, well, of course, Cole Wright said it. He's like, and you know, go happening down over at the federal landmark Wrigley Field. Um, and then I actually saw Edbert <laughs> Elzelay uh, Elzelay tweet about it. He said like, you know, it was great to hear the fans uh, cheering at federal landmark Wrigley Field. And I'm like, when the hell did everyone start calling it federal landmark? And so I Googled it, and like I think in 2019 or something, they it became like recognized as a federal landmark. I feel like I re- I remember this story, but the way that yeah. people are saying it, and you know, like saying federal landmark Rid- Wrigley Field, it almost makes it sound like federal landmark is a bank or something. Yeah. Like hey, everybody, welcome to federal landmark Wrigley Field. Right? Yeah. No. Exactly. And like also like. I feel like people don't ever say federal land. Like, I don't like, so it happened in December or November 19th, 2020, I guess they were officially deemed a federal landmark by like, you know, the, the government, the federal government or whatever. Um, uh, and so like, I get, it's not even cool to say it's like Wrigley field, like, okay. It it has landmark status. Cool. Um, that has like certain connotations. They can't like alter certain things about the stadium. Uh, that's great. Whatever. Um, but it's like, it's not cooler to say federal landmark. It's just cool. It's like Wrigley field is enough. Wrig- saying Wrigley field is cool enough. Um, so it's, it's kind of a weird uh, flex, I guess. Um, <laughs> but the other thing too, is I'm reading the article and it just says like that the Ricketts don't have to like pay sales tax now. <laughs> like basically like that's the whole reason why they probably wanted like to have federal landmark status. Like there's something about like, they're going to get back tax money that they paid. Yeah, well, Jeremy, you said they, they can't change certain things. So, you know, they, they spent the last five years changing everything about the stadium and its, you know, the surrounding neighborhood. Uh, they got all that in before the, the federal <laughs> landmark status, and now they don't have to pay taxes on it. Yeah, yeah. So so there's there's definitely, like, a financial uh, benefit for the Ricketts family for this, and, of, of course, there there would be. And so, again, that's another <laughs> reason why it sullies the, uh, the whole term federal landmark. But I don't know. It'll be interesting to see, like, how that uh, comes up. Um, if people keep saying that, certainly Cole Wright will say it, even though it's horrible. Um, and uh, but they got Alzali saying it. I don't know what's going on. Uh, the kid, you know, his his head's spinning. Like I, I don't, I don't, you know, I I don't know uh, 
I don't know if he knows what what's going on. They're pulling him after five innings when he's when he's cruising. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. Um, but uh, but we'll see what what keeps happening with that. Jeremy, did you see how Nico Horner was mic'd up uh, yesterday? Um, yes, I did. And so it was silly. This is another thing that I I never watch the Cubs post-game shows, but I, I had it on yesterday, and so they, they showed a Nico Horner segment, all of the highlights uh, of the night from Nico Horner being mic'd up, and all of the highlights were literally Nico Horner's telling other guys, hey, hey, I'm mic'd up. <laughs> He's like, hey, yeah. do you want to say anything? I'm, I'm mic'd up right now. It's like, dude, yeah. like, you know, maybe before the game, just let, let <laughs> your team know, hey, guys, just so you know, I'll be mic'd up tonight, and then don't mention it again. You can't right. be mic'd up. It it ruins it. It just ruins yes. it if you're gonna be if you're gonna tell like the guy who reaches second base like, hey, just so you know, I'm mic'd up right now. Like, right. are you right. fucking kidding me? Right. Well, uh, you know, let's hope that he never has to you know wear a wire for the FBI. Uh, <laughs> you know, he'll be they'll find him at the bottom of Lake Michigan or something. But <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I mean, so here's the thing. Here's something that I've realized about Nico Horner over the last couple of weeks, Jack. Um, and let me preface this by saying I love Nico Horner. I'm still fucking pissed off that he didn't break camp with the team. Um, and if they don't make the playoffs by, you know, five or seven games or something, I'll, I'll blame that. But uh, Nico Horner's kind of a doofus. He's kind of like a bonehead. He's like a surfer dude. Yeah. He, he just – and, like, he went to Stanford and everything, and I know it's a prestigious school and everything, but also he was a baseball player. He went to school there for baseball. Um, but – He's totally just like a California dude. He's like from Oakland, I think, the Oakland area. Mm-hmm. But like I've heard I've heard him talk like and he's like he's just like oh, oh bro like oh dude like <laughs> like he kind of just talks like that. Like he's a, he's a he's a bonehead, but he's a, he's a likable bonehead. So I I like Nico, I like him. But uh and he's not kind of he's not a butthead in the same way that that Jack Peterson is. Actually, Jack Peterson is a butthead. He's not even a a, a bonehead, <laughs> he's a butthead. Um but like Nico Horner is kind of just like a just like a surfer dude like and it, it's kind of funny and like you know as long as the guy keeps hitting and keeps like fielding he's made some he made some great plays in the in the national series uh you know I'm all I'm cool with it but uh it's kind of funny to hear him talk like he's just like oh man that's, that was awesome I can't believe it like so like <laughs> you know I don't know uh it's kind of funny so yeah it is funny that he was mic'd up of all people yeah, the the mic'd up thing is is kind of stupid, I think, because usually it's just a player going like, "Yeah, all right, baby, all right, woo, hey, I got it, I got it, I got it." Like that's that's the ninety percent of what the mic'd up stuff is. Um, yeah, you know, I think it's like from a production standpoint, I feel like it's just like you're you keep going to the well, like because you know, like one time out of every like you know, out of every hundred things, like one thing is going to be cool. Like, like when, when Rizzo, like, you know, was saying like the Frederick Freddie, like when, during the rundown, sure. like that was like worth like a whole season of miking up players for, for that one moment, you know? Um, but like, it's kind of funny. Cause like, sometimes I think like, Oh, they're like, they're kind of like going through the footage in real time and they they have to pull these highlights and like, maybe like, maybe they didn't get a chance to, to really sort through everything and pull the best stuff. Um, but, but no, that's not really what's happening. It's just like, that's probably the best that they got is like him saying like, Oh, hell, dude, we're, I'm mic'd up. Like, you know, you want to say something like, it's like, it's like, you're not interviewing, you're not hosting a show. Like you're supposed to ca- Yeah, exactly. It's, it's against the whole purpose. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of, it's definitely funny. Um, and, uh, I don't know, man. It's, uh, well, hey, th- just another, an- just another failed thing by, uh, by a network that supposedly gets it. 
Um, <laughs> right, right. Well, so Jeremy, one more Cubs thing. Uh, so it, there's been a lot of news um, uh, in, in baseball about which teams are vaxxed and which teams aren't. So uh, to be to have the restrictions loosened um, in baseball, uh, they want 85% of uh, who they consider Tier 1 status people to be vaccinated. So that includes players, coaches, trainers, uh, pretty much anyone who's associated with the team and their traveling party. Um, I don't think, Jeremy, that includes the entire 40-man roster. It's kind of unclear, but it's probably, yeah. it, just, just to hazard a guess, it's probably anybody who's on the current 25-man roster. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it's hard to uh, to know for sure just from all the articles. But, um, yeah, this is kind of like our our, our game before our game. Uh, but, like, yeah, so there's, um, you know, the Cubs are below the 85% threshold. And um, I think... Chris Bryant was saying like, you know, like it, it kind of, you know, I, I forgot exactly what his quote was. It wasn't like it makes you sick, but it's like, it's, it's devastating. He said something like pretty, pretty like, um, you know, it's just, it's disheartening to see something like to that effect. And then, um, uh, uh, Jed Hoyer today said, um, you know, it's, um, it, oh God, what did he say? It was something like, you know, just like something along the same lines. Like it, 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 it's unbelievable. Like I can't like it's unfathomable or something that, that we're, we're not at 85%. And like I was looking at the, so, so if the team like gets above the 85% threshold, they, their regulations are relaxed. Um, and I was looking at the regulations and like, it's freaking crazy. It's like, not only like can players like, um, they can stop wearing masks in the dugout, but like it said something about like they can't eat on or drink on flights or something. Mm-hmm. Um, with maybe I, you know, and like, I don't know what other like. Um, so the team, if the, if the team are. is not over eighty five percent, they cannot eat or drink on flights. I believe that's what I saw. That's yeah. insane. Um, yeah. Uh, like, if I was the, vaccinated, Jeremy, I'd be fucking pissed at these other guys. Right. Exactly. Okay. So once the eighty five percent threshold is reached, fully vaccinated players and staff would be able to eat and drink on flights. They would be able to gather in indoor spaces such as hotels without masks or social distancing as long as non vaccinated people aren't present. Can they, can anybody, can, is, are other people allowed to be in hotels without masks? Um, maybe like in the lobby. I don't know. Um, they would be able to carpool or use Uber or Lyft. Um, yeah. And so, so whatever. So like, yeah, for all of those things, like, yeah. So like if you are, yeah, exactly. If you're vaxxed and you're, the rest of your team isn't, you're in, you're below 85%, you can't, you know, you can't take advantage of those things. And yes, I would be super fucking pissed as well. Um, so um, you know, so, uh, I think, uh, yeah, I probably should have researched this a little more. Sorry, but, um, Jake area, someone said like, you know, uh, it's a competitive advantage. That uh, was Jace oh, Tingler. Uh, Jace Tingler. Right. Exactly. Right. Right. And then they asked Jake Arietta, Mr. You know, I'll help you pack, uh, uh-huh. Mr. Wink, wink. Um, I wonder who he voted for. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, he, um, he said, oh, I don't necessarily see how it's a competitive advantage or disadvantage. So, okay, we got you. You probably didn't get vaccinated and you're probably not going to, and you don't give a shit about, uh, other, you know, your team. Well, what else he said, Jeremy, is they pointed out to him that the science was saying that, um, you know, he, they talked to him about the efficacy, um, and things like that. And he, he mentioned the guys on the Yankees who tested positive, uh, despite uh, getting the vaccine and he's like yeah. well yeah it's you know so kind of the opposite's happening there like dude you were fucking glad those guys got covid weren't you like just so just so it could <laughs> right. prove i guarantee you i guarantee you he saw that story and he was like yep yep told you so 
Um, yeah. What a fucking ass. First of all, those guys got the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. Has that been recalled at this point? Well, it was off the market for uh, for a couple weeks. Um, I mean, that was for like a, a blood clotting situation. Okay. Like, and it was also it was only in like women um, who I believe were on birth control. Um, okay. So don't think that would apply to Jake Arrieta or Glaber Torres or <laughs> Phil Nevin. But yeah. Well, so but the, but they do say that the Johnson and Johnson had a lower efficacy. I mean, yeah, I think yeah. I think it was maybe in the seventies. But I don't know if this is true for Johnson and Johnson. But I know for Pfizer and Moderna, it is, and the science is saying it is that if you get vaccinated, um, even if you get COVID, even on the rare chance that you have a breakthrough case, your chances of having severe symptoms or death or you know being hospitalized yeah. go way way down. Um, yes, and they also yeah. said that the infection lasts a shorter period of time too. Yeah. So people who have the vaccine, they might test positive one day and then two to three days later they'll get tested again and they'll be negative so the you know it, it clears the infection faster they say so basically fuck you know fuck jake arietta man what kind of got what kind of example is this guy setting for you know the young fans out there uh well, you know, yeah uh so so the game you know and honestly fuck fuck all these guys are ba there is no excuse now since this vaccine is out for games to be shut down because of covid and for the best players in the games to be to be missing games because of, of COVID. It's just it's just stupid. So we decided to come up with a game because all of these guys, in my opinion, should be vaccinated. Um, is uh, uh, who guess the anti-vaxxers on the Cubs? So guess <laughs> guess which guess which guys haven't been vaccinated. So Arietta uh, obviously has not been vaccinated. Um, right. My, my it, so a few of my other guesses, Jeremy. Um, I would guess that Andrew Big Country Chafin. Uh, <laughs> has not been vaccinated. I, I want to say Rex Brothers hasn't either, because I, you know, sure, I just sure. uh, just do that. And I'm just I, I had a few other ideas here. I kind of hate to say. Oh, I don't hate to say this, but Eric Sogard definitely is not vaccinated. Vaccinated. Yep. Um, yep. His his anti-vaxer Jesus freak wife would definitely divorce him if uh, if that was the case. And also possibly racist wife. Um, I mean, yep. just based on some of the tweets that she. That she, uh, you know, liked and, and retweeted. Um, I I hate to say it though, Jeremy. I think maybe I could see like David Bodie being an anti-vaxer. You I don't know, know what? That's that was a weird name that I came up with too. And um, I don't know. He's like a religious guy, I think. Um, and so you know, I don't know. Like maybe um, he he thinks that God will you know get him through uh, <laughs> the the COVID infection. I guess maybe. But um, yeah, I don't know. Um, that wasn't that was a sneaky one that I was thinking as well. Um, too. Um, so basically we figured it out. Like let's assume that, uh, it's a 25 man roster thing. Um, six guys, right? Like 85% would be 20 guys. So then they, they're below that. So let's say it has to be six guys who, um, who aren't vaccinated. Um, yeah, I mean like, yeah, Arietta for sure. Um, mm -hmm. I'll, I'll go chafing with you, uh, for sure. Um, let's see where Rex brothers is from. Um, <laughs> I think he's from like Texas Arkansas. Oh yeah, Tennessee. Okay. Oh man, you got you got anti-vex written all over you, Rex Brothers. <laughs> damn you. Um. Okay, there's so there's three right there. What about Kimbrel? You know what? I don't think Kimbrel is. Kimbrel seems like a pretty cool guy, honestly, yeah. from what I've heard. Like, I, I he was he sounded like such a like kind of a, a decent guy that like when he was doing so bad, like I kind of like felt bad for him. I mean, I hated him. I probably you know said I wanted to tear his face off or something like on, on this <laughs> podcast. But, um, I think he's a pretty decent guy, I think. Um, so, so yeah, I don't know. Um, I, 
Javi Baez has actually been he he did a commercial for Walgreens like con, uh, promoting people to to get vaccinated. Okay, which is cool. Um, yeah, like you know, trying to offset some of the you know horrible examples that that uh, Jake Arrieta sets. Um, it's a tough one. I, I for lack of better, yeah, I, I don't know. David Bodie would definitely be like the surprise candidate just because he he is a relatively like low profile guy, but I could see that coming in there and then like. Why did, why is it all the relief pitchers that I think like are 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 anti-vax? What about Jock? Jock would be a very good candidate. Yeah. Jock would definitely be a very good candidate. Uh f- I I could see Jock saying like, "Hey, I'm strong enough to 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 fight it off even if I get it," which is completely <laughs> not the point. Um but uh yeah, like I I could see that happening. I kind of Jack. I'm I'm afraid because I've seen Albert Alzali, uh like you know confiding in Jake Area at a a lot um, in the uh, in the dugout like for like pitching tips. I'm worried that Jake Area has gotten into his head and told him not to get the vax either. So it yeah, wouldn't wouldn't surprise me. Um, Alzali, I don't know. Like there was um you know like there's no uh what's what's Andrelton Simmons? He's from Curacao, right? Yeah, yeah. He's a he's a militant anti-vaxer. I think. Yeah. There's no there's no Curacaoan players on this team, so I don't know. So like, well, yeah, we, we kind of forgot about co- coaching staff, Jeremy. What about Mike Borzello, that rat fuck? What do you think about him? <laughs> no way, man. Right, Mike Borzello was friends with Brody Stevens. I think I think he's. Oh, were, think was he, he really? Yeah, he was the guy who got Brody Stevens like all connected with the Cubs. So I think he's a pretty progressive guy. I okay. Think. Um, but uh, maybe Andy Green. I don't know. <laughs> you know. Maybe uh, I'm trying to think like uh, how had it. I wonder if how didn't doesn't get it because he thinks he like he's like, I got the antibodies like, you right. know, that would be that would be a shocker. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. What if it was someone like random, like Franklin font or something like that, <laughs> like the bullpen coach or something like that? I don't know. But. It's more fun to guess like like actual players, right? Um, right, like you know Matt Duffy. I'll say this, Jeremy. It better not be a guy like Matt Duffy. Yeah, oh, I was gonna I say Mariznick. Oh yeah, Mar- it could be Mariznick. I could see that. I could see that. Um, he's he's currently on the DL, but uh, yeah, it's very confusing as to like because you would I would think that it would be um, like guys on the forty man roster because you know someone could go on the IL and then get called up and then they have to, they have to be clear to go. So like, it's, it's all very confusing. Um, maybe Dan Winkler. <laughs> I don't know. Dan <laughs> just, Winkler just is... Guys, who don't I like on this team? Yeah, exactly. Like what, what other, what's another excuse for me to not like this guy? <laughs> um, I definitely think brothers Chafin, Arietta, those are pretty solid picks for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Sogard, Sogard is a good so, another and one. Sogard, absolutely. Yeah. Sogard and Arietta are the two locks for sure. Yeah. So that that gives us uh, four, and you throw Bodie, and that's five, and mm-hmm. maybe you call it Alzali, and then call it yeah, a day. Yeah, call it Alzali, <laughs> and we'll, we'll but we'll blame Arietta for it. You know. Yes. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's All sad. Right. It's sad, but uh, it's also very poignant. <laughs> all right all right cool well it, uh an hour into the podcast let's get to the <laughs> what do you say we get to the real game jeremy yeah let's do it let's do it okay cool um yeah so i'll just do i'll just do one first jeremy i'll, I'll kick us off here um and uh so this one uh it's going to be albert pujols again uh albert pujols okay. still in the news now he's with the dodgers so he's 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 going to be our starting point so uh albert pujols 
was a teammate of this guy, Jeremy, and, and this guy is famously still being paid. Oh. They I even mean, have Bobby... a day they even have a day to celebrate him, and I yeah, think it's Bobby... coming up in about a month. Bobby Bonilla. Yeah, yeah. So Albert Pujols and Bobby really? Bonilla were teammates. How weird is that? Unlike the 2001 Cardinals? Yes, it was. It was the 2001 Cardinals. I was going to actually do Mark McGuire and Albert Pujols because it's, well, it's weird that those guys overlap too. But yeah, yeah. Bobby Bonilla was teammates with Albert Pujols. I, I didn't know that Bobby Bonilla was a friggin' St. Louis Cardinal. Um, that is crazy, and it's crazy, you know, I... You don't think about it, but like I wouldn't have guessed that Bobby Bonilla was still playing in two thousand one. I, I don't know. I, do you happen to know what his last year was? It, it was two thousand one, I believe. Um, God, he he played in ninety. He played in ninety three games. He hit two thirteen with five home runs. Um, wow. Yeah. So there you go. Now, Jeremy, I'm going to do something though that really blows your mind here. And I only did this for Pujols. I didn't do this for any of the other guys. But okay. I wanted to. I wanted to do a six degrees of Pujols to yeah. kind of see who I could go back to. Okay. So uh, uh, Pujols uh, goes to Bobby Bonilla, right? So that's okay. they, they say when you're playing six degrees of Kevin Bacon, um, Kevin Bacon is like a, a zero. So our first degree is going to be Bobby Bonilla. Okay. Uh, so Bonilla and Tom Seaver were teammates, I want to say, on the 86 Ooh. Mets. Uh, let me, White uh, Sox, probably. White Sox, White Sox, yeah. I'm sorry, yes. Yeah. Uh, so they were, they were teammates on the wow. 86 White Sox. 86 was Seaver's uh, last season. Um, Seaver was teammates on the 1972 Mets with Willie Mays. So we only need to go back three to get to Willie Mays. Okay. So Willie Mays was teammates uh, on the, I think it was the 1951 Giants with uh, Eddie Stanky. (laughs) Um, Yeah, Jeremy. Was Eddie Stanky, he was a manager too, right? Um, If I'm not mistaken. Uh, Uh, Okay. So yeah, so he was teammates with Eddie Stanky who was 35 years old at the time and in his ninth season. Eddie Stanky, so this was that was the 51 New York Giants, so now we're on four. Eddie Stanky was teammates with a guy named Lou Warnicke on the Chicago Cubs in 1943. And Lou Warnicke, um, however you pronounce his name, Lou Warnicke was teammates on the 1930 Cubs, and this is our sixth degree with Hack Wilson. Oh, that son of a bitch. Get him out yeah. of the... Hall of Fame, Hack yeah, Wilson. Yeah, yeah, and and Jeremy, the ni- 1930 was the year that Hack Wilson had 191 RBIs. So <laughs> it's crazy that a guy who is still playing right now is only six degrees removed from Hack Wilson. Wow, that is yeah, that's wild. Um, yeah, that's crazy. I I wonder what Pujols would say if you brought that up to him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's 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 wild. Um, yeah, and I bet you could go so many directions with that too. I wonder if you could get to like Babe Ruth. Um, yeah, I, I mean, so I, I actually went. Um, so there was a player. Um, uh, I think it was on the Ed, the Eddie Stanky team, the '51 Giants, who was a little bit longer tenured than Eddie Stanky, but I ended up going with him because, uh, uh, you know, Stanky played with uh, on the Cubs, and I, I could get to Hack Wilson through there. But but I picked the other guy. The other guy on the '51 Giants had been around for 12 years, and you could connect him to a guy who played on the 1927 St. Louis Browns. So even though you can't, oh. I, you can't, I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't get Pujols to Babe Ruth in that respect. Okay. I could, I could get Pujols to a guy who played, uh, against the Yankees, uh, in 1927 when Babe Ruth was playing, Okay, which is, okay. which is pretty, pretty cool. I think. Yeah. That's wild. 
Um, yeah, that is pretty crazy. Um, Jack, I also had Mark McGuire. That was going to be one of mine. Nice. Okay. Um, they were teammates for one year. Um, but uh, Barry, uh, uh, Bobby Bonilla is way better than that. Um, just because obviously we know that McGuire was on the. I mean, I would. You know, I wouldn't. I didn't even know bon, uh, Bonilla was on um, the, uh, the 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 Cardinals. So there you go. Um, all right, Jack. Um, so yeah. So like, I will say too. Like, we kind of. I feel like we kind of approach this a little differently. My guys, I feel like maybe are a little too obvious, but, um, you know, so in the spirit of talking about, uh, Bobby, uh, Bonilla, um, I have Barry Bonds and, um, this guy, uh, he was, he overlapped with this guy. Um, Jack, he's, um, he's on the all high voice list on the hall on the all high voice team. Oh God. Barry Bonds, uh, overlapped with this guy. They yeah. were teammates together. Yep. Um, uh, for I'll say for one year, only for one year. Okay. Um, it was this, not. Yeah. Go ahead. This may be surprising because maybe you would think they were on for longer, or maybe you weren't sure. Like I looked it up because I wasn't sure if they ever overlapped. But they overlapped for one year. Okay. Uh, so Jeremy, I uh, the only two guys I can think of on our on our all high voice team right now. I'm I'm delighted that we're going to add a third. But so we got Tony Gwynn and Bob Gibson. Oh um, yeah. What uh what teams did uh what what teams did this guy play on? Um he played on the uh Texas Rangers. Okay. Um let me just uh confirm. I think he played on the Cardinals. Mhm. And he played on the Orioles. Okay. And there's one other team that he played on with Barry Bonds. Okay. Uh uh let's see. I am going to guess um, uh, uh, I'm just going to throw a guy out there who played on the Cardinals, Gary Gaetti. Nope, not Gary Gaetti. One last, one last clue, Jack. It, it's not that, it's not that, um, it's, it's a little, it's probably a little more obvious than you might think. Um, he was a pretty thrilling player, Jack. Uh, with Deion Sanders? No, no. Uh, Will Clark. Will Clark. Oh God, yeah, that's right. We I remember Will Clark's high voice now. Yep, yep, that's right. Yeah, okay. in that video we watched, like, um, in this week in baseball, right? Yeah, that's where it was from. We heard <laughs> Will Clark with the high voice. Um, so yeah, so so I don't know if that's surprising to people or not. I actually I looked it up and they they only overlapped for one year. Uh, the '93 Giants, uh, Will Clark and Barry Bonds were both on. After that, um, obviously Bonds stayed with the Giants and Will Clark went to the uh, Texas Rangers. Um, Will Clark was only 30 years old when he went to the Rangers, um, which is crazy because I just think of him like as a like almost like a lifelong Giant. But um, yeah, he he was gone from the Giants by his age 30 season. Wow. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, I, Jeremy, I was just thinking about that episode of Twib uh, the other yeah. day. I, that that guy, that guy who was like here to watch Will Clark get a base hit, here to watch Matt Williams make a name for himself. Uh, I love that guy. <laughs> that guy was fucking great. Uh, yeah, that was. That's a that's a good one though, Jeremy. That's a good Will Clark. Cool, um, cool. Nice. Always good to get a reference to him in here. Uh, okay. I, here's a fun one. Um, so the player we're gonna start out with here is Robinson Cano, and okay. the uh, the teammate. His teammate, the uh, Jeremy, the the best way I can describe him, his name, um, it it I want to say it's like a, a corned beef on rye, with uh, you know with Thousand Island dressing, uh, and like uh, and just like a sparkling uh, clear white soda, is is how I would describe this guy's name. 
wait, all that stuff? <laughs> I was like, I was with you for the first one. Okay, so yeah, just think about the first one. So, uh, you know, what could, cons- what, you're, I mean, yeah, you're a food guy, Jeremy. So uh, yeah. what, it's like the sandwich, I think it's usually got corned beef and- I think you're uh, describing a Reuben. Yeah, 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 there you go. A Reuben, yeah. So and then the what's, oh, no, wait, and what's the other clue? Uh, it, it's clue? like, uh, if you think about it, it's like a, a Humphrey Bogart, look for treasure here, or, uh, you know, it's, oh. it's like the, a, a, white, a white soda, clear white soda. Oh, Jesus. I mean, <laughs> Ruben LaCroix. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's going to be his new name. Ruben, it's yeah. Ruben Sierra. Yeah, okay. All right. All right. Ruben Sierra. Very nice. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say Ruben uh, Casablanca. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice. that's that's good. Um, Ruben yeah, Sierra. Uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, so R- Robinson Cano and Ruben Sierra were teammates. Okay. Who would okay. have ever thought it? Yeah, Ruben Sierra started his playing career in 1986. Him and Robinson Cano overlapped in Cano's rookie year with the New York Yankees in 2005. I don't know why the 2005 New York Yankees wanted Ruben Sierra, a team that won yeah. 95 games, but he was on there, so I thought that wow. was pretty interesting. God, the 2005 Yankees. I mean, yeah, I remember like Ruben Sierra was playing for a long time, and I think he came up recently in like – uh, in some episode, I don't think it was the worst of fame. I'm not sure what it was, but, uh, I actually thought of Ruben Sierra kind of crossed my radar the other day because, um, so like, uh, some guy, uh, for, I forgot who someone threw an immaculate inning recently uh-huh. and it was like a rookie. I think it was like, yeah, I don't remember exactly who it was. Maybe someone for the Padres or something. And, um, I just, so I saw, I don't know if we've, I feel like we've definitely talked about this, but, um, maybe in like the bucket list episode, but like um, I saw Pedro Martinez throw an immaculate inning in 2002 I sure. believe, with the Red Sox and the three guys who he got were uh, one of them was, uh, was Ichiro. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other two were Mark McLemore and Ruben Sierra. And wow. Just, that, those are, those are three great names. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so like, I can't believe that Ichiro and Ruben Sierra were, were teammates. Um, but but that was, but he still was around for three more years, Ruben Sierra, which is crazy. So, um, yeah, yeah, um, and also, uh, yeah, tough to strike out Ichiro on three pitches. That's that's pretty I, damn impressive. I, I know it's kind of like that's got to be one of the cooler guys to uh, be a victim of an immaculate inning. Um, you know, I wonder if like it ever happened to to Ted Williams or something. Probably <laughs> not, but but yeah. Um, all right, Jeremy, who you got next? Okay, let me let me take a look at a guy. Um, okay, this is a fun one, Jack. So, um. Aroldis Chapman, mm-hmm. um, he was teammates with a guy. I, I won't say how long he was teammates f- with him for, but um, uh, left-handed Orioles pitcher. Okay, okay, a left-handed Orioles pitcher. Uh, uh, let's see here. Um, was it uh, – uh, 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 what, what other teams was this guy on? Was he, was he on the Orioles for his entire career? He was on the Cubs. Okay. Okay. He was. Ooh. He was also on the Cubs. I was. I was about to guess a guy. In 2016. Uh, okay. In 2016. Uh, is that Brad Wick? Um, oh, he was no. on the Cubs in 2016. Yeah. Oh, Cubs Brian Mattis. Brian Mattis. Brian, Brian Mattis. Yeah. There they you were go. teammates. They were teammates for one game. Um, obviously, Brian Mattis was only a Cub for one game. Um, but uh, I was wondering. I, I looked it up to see if they overlapped because um, obviously. Chapman was a deadline acquisition. Um, the Brian Mattis start happened like July 
27th or 26th or something. And Chapman debuted for the Cubs like they got him a couple weeks before the deadline. So they got him like July. He debuted like July 21st or 22nd with the Cubs. So they were overlapped. Um, Chapman had been on the team for like already like three or four days at the time of the Mattis start. You gotta wonder. You gotta wonder if they talk to each other. You know, you just you just don't know these things. Did Brian Mattis? I was actually his. I was looking at his name the other day. He was a very high draft pick. He was like a top five or top ten draft pick. Um, yeah. What a bust. Yeah, I mean, and then that was it. He was done. He was done from baseball. Never appeared again uh, in the major leagues after that one start with the Cubs. Um, you know, they talk about going out. Um, you know, with as a World Series champ, but <laughs> a 29 year old guy who only appeared in one game. I mean, he also he appeared in eight games or seven games with the with the Orioles earlier that year. But still, it's like, hey man, it's like you don't have to retire just because you won the World Series because your team won the World Series and you got a ring. Uh, but uh, but yeah, so that was that was an oddity. But yeah, Brian Mattis and uh, Earl Chapman were were teammates on that 2016 team. Nice. I love it, Jeremy. Um, uh, my next guy, uh, so so we're going to start with John Lester. Um, hey, he just pitched in that uh, the, with the Nationals. So, yeah, still still around, still kicking John Lester. So this guy, the teammate I'm thinking of is, uh, uh, okay, so let's say his last name is, uh, you know, if, if, you watch, uh, if you watch Game of Thrones, Jeremy, which I know you don't, um, <laughs> you might joke that this player knows nothing. Um, do, you, do you get the reference, Jeremy? I don't know. Oh no, God was, damn it! Okay, no. okay. Does your wife does your wife watch Game of Thrones? She does. Yeah. All right. She, does. She, she she would be she she would probably know this one faster than uh, faster than you would. Um, <laughs> she would certainly get get the reference. Uh, but anyway, okay. So uh, so this guy was uh, a six time Gold Glover at first base, um, and he was a shitty switch hitter. So he ended up just hitting left handed for uh, for like the latter half of his career. Ooh. Um. Not and he me. was he was a teammate of a, uh, uh, the guy uh, your first guy he was probably probably the successor to Will Clark oh um ooh uh God not Richard Aurelia. Uh, mm-hmm. he, he didn't play first base um who the hell played first base for the not uh, not Todd Benzinger um mm-hmm. Who the I I don't know I don't sure. know. Sure, J T Snow. Ah, J T Snow. Oh yeah, yeah. okay. John Snow. Yeah, John John Snow, J T Snow. There you go, baby. Okay. Um, you know nothing, John Snow. Um, J maybe J T uh name is John. I'm gonna have to look that up for a second. Oh, but yeah, yeah. I always uh I always liked J T Snow when I was a kid because like yeah. uh I played first base a little bit when I was in little league and I so I liked first baseman and I, I liked J T Snow and he was good too. He had a couple seasons where he hit twenty plus home runs, drove in a hundred plus runs. I think he's come up on the podcast before. But uh yeah, he uh, he played most of his career with the Giants. Never made an all star team, which is weird. But uh yeah, two thousand six, which was for all intents and purposes his last uh his last season, he played one game in 2008 with the Giants. Uh, I think he just retired a Giant. But oh. uh, yeah, he, his last season was with Boston in 2006. So him and John Lester were teammates, which is very strange to me. That is that is weird. Yeah, for sure. That's a, that's an oddity. Um, yeah, I had a, I have a friend who uh, is from the Bay Area, and she was a big Giants fan, and she was. I think JT Snow was her favorite player. Nice. Um, <clears throat> and also, I think JT Snow was the the guy who picked up uh, Darren Baker. Uh, Dusty Baker's son when he ra- like ran out to get the bat in the middle of the game, uh, in the middle of that World Series game. 
Yes, he is. Yeah, you, you are. You're, you're correct. And uh, hey, also Dusty Baker still still managing. So yeah. yeah, there you go. I think Darren Baker is playing baseball now too. Um. Oh yeah, I know. Right. I, you know, he had like a line of clothing too. Like when he was like a little kid. Like they, he had like a clothing <laughs> deal. The, the Dusty Baker experience uh, is just a fucking clown show. It's just a. It's just a. It's just crazy and. Yeah, it's crazy that he's been managing for so long at this point. Um, I kind of wish again. I think we said this before. I wish I knew him as a as a baseball player. I might have like a different context to know him as, but him as a manager is just bizarre. It's just one bizarre thing after another with that guy. It is, and hey, it, all it took was a cheating scandal and a, a pandemic to get him to get him back in the game. So yep. there you go. <laughs> um, all right, Jeremy, who's your next guy? All right. Well, so speaking of managers. Um, <clears throat> This is a this is a, a twist on one, um, but um, so let's see. So Tony Larusa um, uh, managed managed. I want so this is a not not teammates, but manager and uh, you know player. Um, so Larusa managed this guy for a year and a half. Um, let's see. What clue can I give about this guy that won't immediately give him away? Mm. <laughs> um, but, uh, whew, Jesus. Um, man, I, I'm trying to think. Like, I, now I'm thinking of ones that are, like, too inside. Um, <laughs> uh, I think um, I'll say this. Um, he's a guy that uh, probably could be doing a better job than uh, Tony La Russa right now. Oh, okay. Uh, Ozzy Gian. Ozzy Gian, yeah. Uh, Interesting. Ozzy, Ozzy Gian was managed by Tony Arusa for a year and a half, uh, in I think eighty three or eighty three to eighty six or, or eighty four to eighty six, I guess. Wow, um, I, I can't believe Ozzy Gian debuted in eighty four. Um, I yeah, I believe so because I think Larusa was fired in eighty six. Yes, he was. Yeah. So, so yeah. Um, or eighty five. Like you know, sorry, eighty five. I guess. Uh, but still, pretty pretty long time because. Yeah, so he he managed him for the '85 season and then '86 until he was fired. Um, by the way, I wonder what Hawk Harrelson, the man who fired Tony Arusa, would say about all of this stuff. I, I mean, Tony the, the year mean Mercedes stuff. Yeah, I mean, I'm like, sure he would take Tony Larusa's side. Right. Yeah. It's a, yeah. That's that. That would be the true test because Harrelson also is like you know obviously a baseball curmudgeon. At least he had the good sense to get out of the fucking game. Um, maybe, maybe Hawk Harrelson will come back in 10 years, uh, and, or, you know, maybe eight years and announce, uh, you know, the White Sox will be like, come on, we need you to announce these games. Um, and you know, they'll pass over Len Casper to bring back Hawk Harrelson. (laughs) Um, but, uh, that's so sad that it actually could happen. But, um, but yeah, so anyway, um, uh, but yeah, that was, uh, that was an interesting one. Um. You know, it's an interesting situation. Like, I'm sure I listen, you know, that Ozzie Gian is doing because he does post game for the White Sox now on, on uh, Comcast or on whatever NBC yes, Sports. Yes, he does. Yeah. You know that Ozzie Gian is just saying, like, what a bunch of idiots. Like, why didn't they just hire me? Like, I know I could be doing a better job than this. And so it's interesting to think of, like, the fact that he was also managed by Tony La Russa at some point. You know? that, that is, yeah, that is very strange. Um, and, I, yeah, I don't necessarily think White Sox fans would have been opposed to that hire, and I don't think they would be at this point. Um, no. Who knows? No. Jeremy, he, he could be managing the team by the end of the season. Uh, um, yes, he very likely could. <laughs> okay, uh, so this next guy... Um, for me, I'm starting with Miguel Cabrera. Uh, and so Miguel Cabrera, 
was teammates with uh, with this guy. Um, so first names, Jeremy. We're thinking first names here first. Uh, so this guy's best friend on Laverne and Shirley would have been Squiggy. So okay. that's uh, that's his first. You ever watch Laverne and Shirley? Uh, a little bit. I know. Okay. I know who you're talking about. Okay. So okay. So all right. So that'll give you a little bit of a baseline, and this is going to be a hard one if I don't give it's. It, it's going to give it to you away to you right away probably. But this guy was uh, famous for pinch hitting. Oh, Lenny Harris. Yeah. So Lenny Harris and Miguel Cabrera were teammates. Yeah. You know. So Jack, this is this is a this is a tough one for for you because I. I've committed the 03 Marlins roster to memory. Because oh, I, that's right. You know, Cause they're like, you know, they're all on my, they're all on my, my hit list um, <laughs> because of what happened with the, with the Cubs. So I, I, I painfully know like almost everyone on that 03 um, roster. Mike Mordecai was on that roster. Yes, he was. Yeah. Of course he made the, he was my nominee. I think he was on my short list for worst of fame. So, and now, and now I know why. Okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Interesting. Um, All right. Well, that yeah, that's fair enough, Jeremy. But that is yeah, when you really think about that though, that is kind of crazy cuz I think when I think of Lenny Harris, I think of like the the Dodgers of like the early 90s and um uh obviously Miguel Cabrera like you know, I do I you know, I I remember the 03 Marlins well and so like it's just that those seem like two distinct eras, you know. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, he was on the Brewers the year before 03 in 2002. He spent the whole season with the Brewers. Um, wow. And he hit freaking 305. That, does, that doesn't make any <laughs> sense. Um, all right. Yeah, Jeremy, who's, uh, who's uh, your next guy? All right. Let's see here. Um, so, all right, Jack. I got um, Hank Aaron. Mm-hmm. Um, was teammates with a guy uh, for two years. And um, he, uh, this one might be too easy for you. Um, but uh, he he likes his motorcycles. Um. Oh, gee, Robin Yount. Yeah, Robin Yount. There you. Yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, you could almost put Robin Yount on the all high. Yeah, you could definitely put Robin Yount on the all high pitched voice team. Have you ever heard him talk? Um. I'd have to listen to it again. I I, I can't. I don't have. Instant well, recall yeah. On he it. he kind of sounds like Will Forte. Like he he talks like he talks oh, like that. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's it's kind of off-putting. Like I I don't want to associate Robin Yount with uh with that voice. You know an interesting <laughs> an interesting fact though, Jeremy, about Robin Yount. So his brother, I think his brother is the only guy. Uh, his brother was a, a pitcher, and he came into a game as a relief pitcher, and he got um he was warming up. It was the first game he'd ever pitched. It was his debut. Um, and he like hurt he hurt himself warming up, and they took him out before he ever threw a threw an inning, and um. You know, and he never pitched again in the major leagues. So, like, Whoa. he has like one game played as a pitcher, no innings, and that was his entire career. And I wow. think, I think his brother is the only guy who's ever done that in the major leagues. Wow, that's that's pretty crazy. That's a not a fun fact. But no, in, no, no. Yeah, How much fact. would that suck, Jeremy, to get so close to your dream and then just you know to just not have it happen? It'd be terrible. Yeah, but, I know. It's like that's kind of like do you do you abandon baseball for life because it's too painful or i don't know that's yeah that's that's a that's a rough one i I, I did not know that story that's interesting yeah so there you go but yeah uh yeah good one jeremy good one okay um uh yeah we i we each have a couple more i think i got i got like three more here um okay so this is going to be the hardest one uh for you um uh so that we're going to start with oliver perez who i think is the second longest tenured player after pujols um oliver perez debuted in 2002 um Okay, so I, Jeremy, w- before we go on here, it's a, a Dusty Baker reference. Uh, 
Uh, I we saw Oliver Perez pitch for the 2016 Nationals, um, and you uh, you were like you were like yeah, Dusty was probably like man, we got to get Ali in there, you know, just <laughs> yeah. a, a completely uh, you know it was just a, a the game was a blowout, but you know they had to they had to get Oliver Perez in the game somehow. So yeah, Oliver Perez was teammates with this guy. He was on the so I, I'm I don't know how else to give a hint for this guy. Um, except to say that he owned a bulldog, but that's that's a reference. If you would have seen the guy, like it, it's a reference to a, a game I went to, and like I got a program. And this guy, <laughs> he was on the cover. This guy was on the cover of the program, but he had his bulldog with him. Um, it was kind of uh, kind of cool. But okay, so this guy played on the Braves in the '90s. Um, he was a big ass outfielder kind of dude, and he hit left-handed. Um, do you remember who I'm talking about? Uh, Ron Gant. Uh, no, no, we're not Ron Gant. Do you want me to give it to you? Uh, give me, do you have another Yeah, clue? yeah, yeah. Okay, so he kind of like had like a beard. Um, he was a white dude. He was a big, he was a big white dude. He was like just one of those big, strong, like, uh, guys. I'm trying to, trying to figure out like a, a good comp for him, um, now. And I'm kind of just falling, falling short with it. But, he, but he, you know, he was like a Ugh. big, uh, big ass, like, I don't know what his measurements were, but he, he seemed like he was probably about 6'4", 200 40 50 pounds and like he always had kind of like one of those beard goatee type of things and he was on the braves yeah 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 um ryan klesko boom you got it okay okay yeah oliver perez and ryan klesko were teammates yeah ryan klesko a friggin' blast from the past like there's a guy who everybody just kind of forgot about after he retired, I want to see yeah. how long he how long he played for. It might have been longer than you would think. Yeah, he played up until 2007. He ended his career with the Giants. Wow. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, his so, first year with the Padres, he made uh, or second year, he made the All Star team. He had 30 homers and drove in over 100, um, which is uh, <laughs> which is pretty interesting. But yeah, so Ryan Klesko, um, yeah, he was teammates with Ryan Klesko. I, I, I always forget about Ryan Klesko. Um, the, the the thing that stands out to me about Ryan Klesko, Jack, was um, I. Don't know if this came up on the baseball card episode with with Zach, but um, I used to watch like the Home Shopping Network or whatever, like in the early '90s, um, like late at night. They would have like a baseball card show, and they would like you know they would like pit they would shill for these fucking cards, and they had these cards by this brand called Classic, and they like they weren't tops, they weren't upper deck, they weren't even Donruss, they were this brand called Classic, and like. You know, being a little kid watching the Home Shopping Network, like, and these baseball cards, they made them seem like they were, like, the most coveted cards in the world. <laughs> uh, it turns out they were, they're shit. Um, and, like, they're, I mean, they, they happened in the junk wax era of baseball. And they were just, like, I think, like, while, like, like, you know, universally known, they're, they're, like, they're, they're valueless. But there was a guy, they would have two hosts or whatever, or one host or whatever, but they would have a guy call in and he kind of had this, this, kind of squeaky like sniveling little voice like this kind of sounded a little new york but like he he sounded like not a tough guy new yorker but like kind of a a a little nerd or something So he sounded like he sounded like bagel boss guy (laughs) i mean but not even but like like with like half the testosterone of bagel boss like (laughs) just like not like like just i don't know like just kind of dorky he kind of sounded like Ken Rosenthal a little bit, okay, but like with maybe a little bit of a more of a New York like accent. Anyway, he would like 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 puff up these cards or whatever. And I remember Ryan Klesko. He's like, it has Ryan Klesko. Like Ryan Klesko is going to be one of the toughest, the top guys in the majors in in one to two years, and then the the prices will skyrocket. And like they like 
if you listen to this Home Shopping Network uh, baseball card show in like 1991, you would have thought that Ryan Klesko was like the next coming of Mickey Mantle or something. <laughs> um, and so that's what I think of Ryan Klesko. That is such a uh, such a specific little like pocket. I would, you know, I would die to like meet someone else. Like I- I'm sure there's other people out there, but like there's there's probably like one for every like thousand people that knows what I'm talking about. But like yeah, like so like classic cards and like Ryan Klesko was like. You, it would make your head spin. It's like, oh my god, I gotta get a Ryan Klesko rookie card. I gotta get one. He's gonna be huge. It's gonna be worth millions one day. And uh, he turned out to be not so not that great. You made you made him sound like a Woody Allen character there, Jeremy. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I was probably all over the board, but uh, yeah, I, I, I like I, it. I, I like it. Um, all right, yeah, that's that's an interesting uh, story there. We'll have to see if we can find a YouTube thing of that. Um, who's oh, your Who's your next guy? Um, all right, so I'm trying to think of a, a best way to, to approach this. I'd like to save – I'd like to do two more, and then I got two kind of like maybe kind of quick ones. That cool, yeah, I got, I got two more as well. So we'll do both of ours, and then we'll do your two quick ones, and we'll, we'll call it a thing. Okay, let's do that. So um, all right, Jack. Um, Sammy Sosa was teammates with this guy um, uh, who um, was known for broken bats. Uh, okay. Um, God damn it. Who's the guy? Bo Jackson? Yep. Bo Jackson. God damn it. I, I, I don't have good clues here, but yeah. <laughs> so for one month, Jack, Sammy Sosa and Bo Jackson were teammates on the White Sox. That's freaking weird, man. Um, yeah, yeah I, I believe it though. I mean, there was, there, remember that weird game we watched about a year ago where like Sammy Sosa was on the White Sox and he had a terrible game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, early quarantine, uh, White Sox Royals game from 1991, I believe, right? It was, it was. Yeah. Uh, wow, weird though. I didn't, uh, you know, you don't think of those two guys being teammates. Um, you know, yeah. well, that's one guy who absolutely did not need steroids uh, and, you know, one guy who did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's simply as simple as that. That should have been your clue. Um, yeah, I, li- <laughs> I, I like it though, Jeremy. Uh, that's uh, that's good. That That's an interesting one. Bo Jackson. But- Oh yeah, go ahead. By the, well, I was just gonna say. By the way, I was looking at Bo Jackson's baseball numbers, and uh, for like two or three years, he had insane numbers with the Royals. Yeah, man, really, he was really he, good. He numbers. was an interesting, an interesting player. He was almost more of a folk hero than like yeah. a, an, a, you know, a, a player, uh, just in in f- football and baseball. But yeah, the, his 1989 season with the Royals, 32 home runs, 105 RBIs. That's pretty goddamn good. Did you ever? And 26 steals as well. Uh, yeah. Did you ever see um, that ridiculous throw he made when he was on the Royals where it's like he played a ball off the wall and like just, uh, you know, and he threw a strike to home plate from like the warning track in left field and got, I think, Harold Reynolds out at the plate. It, it, it was in oh. Seattle. Have you ever seen that clip? Um, I think I think that's ringing a bell. Yeah. 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 Yeah, well, that was, I mean, I mean, yeah, that was the kind of thing that Bo Jackson would just would just do all the time. Um, so that's, uh, yeah, that's that's cool, Jeremy. I, I didn't know those two, uh, those two guys were teammates. That's a, that's a good call. Um, okay, so so this one, uh, Jeremy, uh, so Max Scherzer. Max Scherzer is our starting oh, point here. Yeah. And uh, it sounds sounds like you kind of already know where I'm going with this, but we'll do it anyway. So his, his teammate, uh, uh, his teammate does not like the New York media. <laughs> yep, I have this one too, Jack. Okay, okay. Uh, Randy Johnson. Yeah, there you go. It's 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 weird to me to think that Max Scherzer and Randy Johnson overlapped. Yes, I know. I, it kind of blew my mind because I, I forget about that second stint with the D-backs that Randy Johnson had. Yeah. And that, that's when that's when they overlapped. Um, yeah, it's kind of crazy. And that wasn't even uh, Randy Johnson's last season in the big in the bigs. Uh, yeah, no, it wasn't. His last season was what twenty ten with the Giants. 
2009 with the Giants. Yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. I mean, that guy pitched forever. Yeah, but that is crazy. Um, yeah, the 2008 Giant, uh, uh, 2008 uh, Diamondbacks um, had Max Scherzer on there and uh, a 44-year-old Randy Johnson. They're pretty crazy. <laughs> they never, no one ever talks about like you know, oh, when they were teammates, Randy Johnson taught Max Scherzer the you know the f- fork ball or something like. You know, <laughs> they, n- they never talk about that kind of stuff. But but yeah, no. interesting. You you would think you would think Scherzer would bring it up at some point like oh man it was awesome being you know teammates with Randy Johnson like I just picked his brain whenever I could um, yeah yeah you don't yeah you don't hear nothing about that um, my next one is going to be similar too um, you'll probably know where I'm going with it but let, what do you got what do you got for your uh, second to last one here um, well so that was that was one of my remaining ones so I okay. kind of like I have four left and I kind of want to give them to you I want to deliver them in a in a different way just to make a different spin on this sure. game. So if you have one more, if you want to do that. Yeah, one, okay. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Sure. So my last one that I was going to give you was Clayton Kershaw. Okay. Um, and uh, his teammate uh, once threw a nasty curveball to Chris Bryant. Uh, Kershaw, teammate threw a nasty curveball to Chris Bryant. Uh, oh, man. Um, it has to be a giant. It has to be a, a Dodger. Um yeah, and you might say Bryant didn't see the curveball coming either. Oh man, I feel like this might be a trick question somehow, but um, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, okay, Jeremy, I'll, I'll give you. Um, oh goddamn it! What was that show called? It was so so bad that I, the the name of it was so bad that I don't <laughs> I can't even remember. Uh, oh yeah, this guy was uh, recently on Chris and Tell. Oh. Greg Maddox? Yeah, so Greg Maddox and yeah. Clayton Kershaw uh, overlapped in 2008, uh, I want to say. Yeah, oh, it was yeah, and the, the curveball was in the Red Bull commercial. Yes. See? Nice. That That's that's a good that's a good clue. Yeah, that's, yeah I, th- I thought maybe, like, Jock Peterson, like, threw, like, a, a weird relay throw to Chris Bryant and missed <laughs> or something. But uh, that's nice. I like that. Yeah, and it's 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 wild to think that those guys were uh, – we're teammates too. It is, oh. yeah, well, yeah, kind of like in the same uh, spirit of Scherzer and uh, Randy Johnson. It's like they don't ever talk about like K- Kershaw learning anything from from Greg Maddox. No, and that's that's two of arguably like two of the best pitchers of of some decades. Like Kershaw, you know, arguably the best pitcher of the 2010s. I think Scherzer Scherzer is um, you know in that discussion as well. But then you have like the 90s. You got Maddox, you know. And Randy Johnson, like Randy Johnson, was arguably the best pitcher of the 2000s. I think he won three mm-hmm. Cy Young awards there, like uh, with the Diamondbacks. Um, and then you had Maddox, who was like the best pitcher of the 90s. The guy won four Cy Youngs, and like these guys all, all pitched on on teams together, and nobody talks about it. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, that is funny. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I guess I don't know. Maybe they they you know in the twilight of their careers, maybe it doesn't have the same zing. Maybe I don't know, but. Sure. Uh, but yeah, that's an interesting one. Um, yeah, uh, four Cy Youngs for for Johnson in the nine, or actually one was in '99, so five total Cy Youngs. I, I just have have his page up in front of me, but yeah, uh, just crazy stuff for sure. Um, all right, Jack. Well, we can wrap it up this way um, with a fun little sub game. Okay, I'm going to give you four pairs of team, uh, four four pairs of players. Two of them, two of the pairs were teammates. Two of the pairs were never teammates. Okay. Okay, so we got um, Bryce Harper, Juan Soto. Mm-hmm. We got Ryan Sandberg, Kerry Wood. 
We got Anthony Rizzo, Ryan Dempster, and we got Mike Olt, Chris Bryant. Okay. Uh, ooh, that's a good one. Um, okay, so I almost want to say that Mike Olt and Chris Bryant were never teammates. Um, just because I feel like Olt got sent down or something when Bryant, like, or he got injured when Bryant was brought up. So I want to, I almost want to say that there was no overlap there. Am I correct about that? Um, yeah. Oh, do, yes. do I mean, do I, do we want to do all four here and see how, well, how... I was going to say you, you should pick two, but, um, for the sake of time, uh, we can, we can eliminate these one by one if you want. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, I'll tell you what, I, I'm going to say that, uh, Bryant and Olt were never teammates, um, I also want to say that, uh, oof, um, uh, let's see, uh, the, the Sandberg one was, I think was a teammate. Um, the, uh, the Rizzo one with Dempster was a teammate. What was the fourth, what was the fourth one? Fourth one was, uh, Bryce Harper, Juan Soto. Yeah. I, I want to say that they were never, uh, that they were never teammates. So how okay. did I do? Interesting. I thought the Soto Harper was going to be a gimme. Um, cause they were teammates for one year. Um, Oh so God, were they? Was it? Were they teammates in 2018? Yes. Yeah. Oh man, I see. I didn't. I didn't remember that Soto debuted in 2018. Holy crap. Yeah. Which is so. Yeah. I think in the in the scope of um, you know, like a few more years removed, people will. It'll seem even more weird. It's like Soto and 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 uh, Harper were on the same team for for a year there, uh, before before Harper left for for the Phillies. Seems like he's um, been on the Phillies longer and, than longer than that. Yeah, I know. Um, and you're correct, Jack, that Mike Olt and Chris Bryant never overlapped. Mike Olt um, got injured on April 14th, and we all know that Chris Bryant debuted on April 17th. And Mike Olt never came back to the Cubs, but he did um, end up uh, going to the White Sox later that year. That's right. We saw him play with the White Sox. <laughs> oh, God, we did. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> That is funny. So, so then that leaves just uh, Ryan Dempster and uh, Anthony Rizzo, or Ryan Sandberg and Kerry Wood. Okay, yeah. Let me think. Let me think about this uh, just a little bit more, Jeremy. Um, uh, Ryan Dempster. So let's see. Uh, there's no way Ryan Dempster was ever on the Padres. So the question would be, did he pitch on the uh, 2012 Cubs? Um, and I want to say he did. I want to say those guys were teammates. So I think the Sandberg and Wood one would not be true, and the Rizzo and Dempster one would be. Am I am I right about that? You are correct, sir. Nice, um, nice. Yeah, okay. you are correct. Uh, but so Dempster and Rizzo were teammates, but only for just about a month, because um, Rizzo debuted in like June, like the end of June, and um, uh, uh, Dempster was traded away at the end of July, or you know, at some point in July, like mid July or something like that. So um, just about a month, they were they were teammates. Um, uh, Ryan Sandberg and Kerry Wood closer than you thought. Sandberg retired in '97 and Kerry Wood debuted in '98, so they just missed each other. Wow. Um, but uh, but yeah, so the, interesting there. Um, uh, they you know pretty close, and and honestly, I was kind of blown. That was the first one that I looked up was uh, Ryan Dempster and Rizzo, and I was kind of I was I was I was surprised that they that they that they overlapped. Yeah, well, barely. was it was it you, Jeremy, who was telling me that like. You know, Dempster, uh, Rizzo, and Bryant were like opening cards together or something like that. <laughs> so I was like, R Rizzo and Dempster seem like they're kind of close. So right. maybe they got to know each other. Yeah, well, I know. Like, I, listen, if you asked Dempster, you would think that they were teammates together for like you know twenty years. <laughs> um, but uh, but no, like yeah, bare, you know, uh, I'm sure I'm sure Ryan Dempster did something. I'm, I'm sure Ryan Dempster put like fucking talcum powder in Rizzo's like jock strap or something. Like, hey, welcome to the team, Rook. 
And it's like, all right, you're you're on your way out, and Rizzo is the future of this franchise. Um, but uh, but you know, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think they're they're all they're like you know thickest thieves now. Yeah, I mean, um, hey, Jeremy, if, if somebody was like, hey, Ryan Dempster, were, were you on the 2016 Cubs? Like, he probably wouldn't <laughs> de- he probably wouldn't deny it, you know? Yeah, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, if some guy was like, yeah, he would, like, if someone, like, slipped up, he wouldn't correct him. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, there, this is a pretty good game, Jeremy. I mean, we could potentially do this, uh, you know, again next year. This could be, like, an annual episode. This ended up being being pretty fun. So, yeah, I'm glad yeah. we glad we did this one. I think there's there's definitely two ways to approach it. Like Jack, uh, I feel like you you were kind of connecting different generations a little bit, and uh, you know mine were, were like kind of like same generation, but did they overlap basically? And yeah, so I think either approach is pretty interesting. So uh, so yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so we uh, we're gonna be going to another game on June first against Padres Cubs. Looking forward to it. They might even have the sixty percent capacity at that point, so the crowd will be a little bigger. Yeah, so they will. I mean, more people in the stands, which means more chance for, uh, you know, buffoonery and theatrics on both yep. the part of, you know, the crowd and the part of us as well. Yeah, um, behavior all around for sure. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, there's, I think there's still one more week to go before that. So we'll be, uh, we'll be, we'll be at you with an episode next week. That's right. Um, and uh, looking forward to it. Tatis is back. Uh, he was back with authority uh, four for four yesterday with, uh, I think, two doubles and a homer. Um, so, um, yeah, he's back. Um, so, uh, you know, again, I will be prepared to, uh, sit there and smile as he smacks my cubs on the ass. <laughs> um, you know, uh, and you know, if anything different happens, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll be pleasantly surprised, but, uh, but we'll see. Um, but, uh, yeah, that'll wrap it up then, uh, for this week then. So, all uh, right. Yeah. Sounds good. So for rain delay theater, I'm Jack Sokowski and I'm Jeremy Dionisio. We'll see you next week. Later. Later.